0: Power of the dark side.
1: I'm not a baby, I'm a man! I'm an anchor man!
0: Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style?
2: Hello and welcome to episode four of Just Like In The Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie, providing digital content and marketing solutions, don't forget, for SMEs throughout Ireland and the UK. Every week, you might know by now, our podcast explores what is happening in the Irish film and TV industry and beyond. I'm your host, Gary Kelly. And as always, this week, we are joined by Lisa Tracy and Kieran Dorian. We're going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, and the TV show Back Season 2 on Irish television at the moment, Can't Cope, Won't Cope. We'll also be speaking to the CEO of the Irish Film Board, James Hickey, about the future of the Irish film and TV industry. Great discussion, so make sure you stay listening for that interview coming up later on in this podcast. First up, though, joining me in the Loft Studios is Lisa and Kieron to talk about Avengers Infinity War.
3: There was an idea
0: to bring together a group of remarkable people. To see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles.
1: That they never could.
2: There you go. That's a clip taken from the movie Avengers Infinity War. And hard to get an audio clip from it. It's just a lot of explosions. Yeah, was it a fun movie?
3: The best movie. It was awesome.
2: It's done phenomenally well. And it deserves yeah. it. Yes. Every penny. Just before we get into the background of the movie, okay? Mm-hmm. Just to say, the Avengers movie that came out in 2012, its worldwide opening box office weekend was $392 million. Oh, my God. Everyone was saying Black Panther was the big movie this year. That took in $371 million on its opening weekend. Avengers Infinity War on its opening weekend worldwide... $641 million it took in at the box oh office.
3: Oh my God.
2: So it has to be a good movie. It has to be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it was.
2: Why is it so good though? Because I've seen so many marvelous. of these hero movies. They're, so,
3: and they're awesome.
4: Yeah, this is like number 19 in their extended universe. So you could say number 19 in, in the whole franchise beginning with Iron Man exactly 10 years ago. Wow. Ah, oh, Iron Man. So yeah, it seems, <laughs> seems it's such a long time ago. So they've just put in the groundwork. They've built it up slowly. They've, concentrated on these standalone films with good characters that we're all invested in so it it, it would take a hell of a lot for this film to fail financially and Mm. that and if you compare it to The Last Jedi I think The Last Jedi barely broke the billion mark Mm. Uh, you know it hasn't done as much money as they thought and it made hardly any money in China and as far as I know the Avengers has not Infinity War hasn't even been released into the Chinese market yet what's it about basically this all power and Universal Titan called Thanos, is trying to collect five infinity stones. Each one... Bedazzling jewels. Bedazzling jewels. (laughs) He just wants some cosmic bling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And each, each jewel embodies a certain power in the universe. One can control time, one can control reality, things like that. And once he gets all five stones together, he'll become the most powerful being in the universe. And what he's going to do with that power... It's a very dastardly plan, which I won't reveal because it's no. slowly revealed. And one of the, I think, strengths of the movie mm. is the villain and his plan and how that's kind of unveiled. So it's up to our heroes from the previous movies like Captain America, Iron Man and the Guardians of the Galaxy to try. And, Black and Panther. stop Panther. And Black Panther. And Scarlett Johansson. And Scarlett Johansson. Hey, hey. Yeah, <laughs> of course. What is she, ch- Black Widow? Yes, yeah. yeah. she's amazing. It's a film that's just one big juggling act with all these sort of characters. And I, I had the same sort of reservations as, as you, Gary, is how do you manage so many people kind of crowded? But the directors of this had done Captain America's Civil War. And that was a, that was almost like a blueprint for this because they had a lot of characters, they had a lot of superheroes, a lot of thick plot, and they balanced it really, really well. So off the back of the strength of Civil War, they're like, okay, you can do the two big Avengers movies. And they do it, I think they do it quite cleverly, not to go on too much, but they structure it in a way that a lot of the characters kind of s- are separate at the start and they get good long scenes, not really introduce them. This, this film is past introducing characters. Okay. It starts in the middle of the action and doesn't really let up, but it kind of tells us where everybody is, why they're there, what their motivation is and why they need to get to Thanos. So it kind of breaks it down very nicely. So even if you haven't seen the other films, if you kind of go in blind, you'll have a fair idea. They're there, they're they. They need to get to B. Once they get to B, they want to get to Thanos. Mm. And it's the visual storytelling is so strong, and the action is directed so well that it's not confusing, even if you are a little confused.
2: Mm. Is it open for a sequel?
3: Oh yeah.
4: Oh, it has to be open for a oh, right, okay. It's a two-part movie okay. as, as well. Yeah. It's Avengers Infinity War Part 1. Part and one. I don't know what if, if it's a different name for the second one. No, movie. I'd say it's Part 2. Yeah, Part 2. I'd say <laughs> if, if you
2: criticise this movie, you'll just be absolutely lynched. But what I will say is, why does this movie work? And a film where they got two iconic characters together, like Batman versus Superman, didn't work.
3: Ooh, the great DC debate. Maybe because <laughs> Batman was played by Ben Affleck. <laughs> Love you Ben (laughs) If you're
2: listening Bring back Michael Keaton
3: (laughs) (laughs) Bring back Michael Keaton I'm telling you Michael Keaton was class
2: He was my favourite Batman
3: He was the best Batman for
2: sure I'm going to go Christian Bale
3: Oh my god I totally forgot about Christian Bale (laughs) Sorry Christian
2: (laughs) It was just Michael Keaton and Adam West Adam West (laughs) West. And George Clooney had a go And
3: don't forget Val Kilmer Val Kilmer had a go
2: yeah, <laughs> but you don't remember Christian I Bale. I forgot about <laughs> Christian
3: Bale. It's cuz he's the dark knight, yeah. you see. I don't it's just yeah. not the same Batman, you know what I mean?
2: But that movie it didn't really work. Yeah. Even I, some of those Superman movies that came out a few years ago as well with Henry Cavill, it was just boom, bash, bang. Constant fighting and explosions and I was like this just the story seems to be missing completely. Yeah,
4: yeah I think Marvel or DC tried to jump start their Marvel universe like by going straight into the Avengers. Yeah, because that made a billion and that was like very quickly. So they were like, we want that. But they forget there were so many, a few Iron Man films before that. There was a Captain America. Marvel had a lot of misfires as well. There was an Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Mm. kind of oh, yeah. So they've tried and tested the formula over the years. Mm. And they realize it's, it's character and story. And once you get those two elements, that the, the boom boom smash is... Like, that's, it's good in the spectacle in the moment, but that won't make the film memorable. And they've been, they've placed the characters quite well, you know, that, like, the the, the last Spider-Man movie had Tony Stark mm. popping up, and it, it's not just cameos for the sake of it. The characters have a reason to be there. So, and it, look, it is basically, it's, it's based on comics, and it's a cartoon, and it's basically your Saturday morning crossover where all your figures come together. Yeah. So I mean it, it's it's still it is a comic book action movie but it's extremely extremely well done. 5 out of
3: 5.
2: That's your first one.
3: I know. Is That's that your first.
2: first? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: It needed a Michael Inside crossover <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not talk about that. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give it a 4. <sighs> it is brilliant, but I do think some it does miss a few of those big big moments like if you remember in the last Thor movie just at, at the sort of the very end when Thor sort of lands to take over to take the battle and the Led Zeppelin tune comes in it's like all the elements come together and you're like yes this is it I don't think the film has. there is actually a great bit with Thor landing in a battlefield but I don't think it is that true great moment mm. that you're like yes the you movie's coming together
2: have stand on the back of your neck yeah. I think it's rampant. because
3: it just the way it ended
4: The ending is fantastic
3: Yeah But yeah. that also Has an element of Leaving you going What Yeah,
4: yeah I think it definitely Will be the most Talked about ending in yeah. In comic book movies for, for a long time Definitely
2: So 5 out of 5 from Lisa Yeah 4 out of 5 Which is yeah. still high <laughs> It's 4 But I, will, I am going to go See it again as Yeah well. okay.
3: okay He's dedicated
2: <laughs> Yeah Okay, next up, we're talking about the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society.
1: Sydney. Uh, just, 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 Sydney. hold on
0: one second. like Mrs. Big Thank you. Juliet, you cannot go to a book club meeting on the island of Guernsey.
1: It's oh, a leap of faith they'll even let me in.
0: You're reading in Cambridge Friday. But
1: the society, they meet on a Friday. I can't wait. I'll only be gone the weekend back Monday.
0: Edinburgh. You're in Edinburgh Monday honestly I don't know why we provide you with that tenure. I really don't. I don't. I just don't.
1: Well, this is your fault. <laughs> you said yes to the Times.
0: Excuse me, my fault.
3: <laughs> Sydney, what books, what reading did for
1: these people? Finally, I'll have something serious to write.
0: Mm. This wouldn't be just to get out of reading easily in Cambridge, would it? Oh. <sighs> you're not. You're not running away.
1: Ha, ha, ha. You're too funny.
0: Yeah i can't imagine Mark would let you
2: get very far anyway. Let me. There you go, that's a clip taken from the movie The Gerns, The Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Why, Lisa, would they come up with a name that long for a movie? I've spoken to distributors before and often their biggest issue, dealing with directors and producers, is that they're set on a title for a movie that they know won't work. I now, think
3: it's basically, it's based on the original material and that was the name for it
4: it is based on a book that is based Mm. on real events okay so i don't think they could change the title because they want people that are have read the book okay yeah and the book is about book clubs and i think it was a book club favorite so they're probably thinking we need the people who recognize the title oh that's true
3: yeah
2: i suppose the gl and ppp society (laughs) wouldn't work either as a movie title definitely not
3: (laughs) That's not a good one.
2: Thank God they don't actually put up the name of movies outside cinemas anymore. Do you remember like they oh, used to yeah, do it God, could you imagine glass <laughs> slates or something?
3: Although I do, I did love them. <laughs>
2: yeah. Cool. yeah. So tell us, what's this movie about with oh the lovely Lily God. Collins?
3: <laughs> Lily Collins is not in this film no, for the Lily 15th James. time. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the poor man's Lily Collins. The poor
3: man. Oh, I no, think no, not. No, no, I take that back.
4: She's I excellent. think not. She's, She's amazing. Yeah.
3: But... She is a writer. She's a very successful writer. And we're just at the end of World War II. And it's, I'd say it's 1946, I think it was. Yeah. And she is kind of bored. And then she gets, well, she's kind of, she's not really into her promoting her book. She's kind of over it. So she's, uh, she's kind of looking for something else. And then this guy happens to write to her saying, would you mind sending us a something, this uh, this book? I think it was her book or was it? Yeah. It was I, her own book.
4: I think they were during during the uh, Nazi occupation of Guernsey, they, yeah. their book club, it was one of the only books they had to read and they all sort of fell in love yeah. and bonded with it. So they yeah. reach out to the, her, the author. The author. And she's like, well. Was it,
3: was it that though? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was more, you see, this is, it wasn't great because I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was a book that she had and she had written her name on the, the uh, inside of it. Oh,
4: I and, thought she'd written the book.
3: No, I don't think so. Because she's she, an author. She is an author, but that wasn't her shtick. It was a different guy. Oh, I think. Let me. Because I thought that's I'll why just, they reached uh,
4: out to her. Because they were like, your book got us through. And no, because oh. it was
3: because it belonged to her. But I don't think it was actually her book because it had her old dress on it and everything she had written on the inside. Well, anyway, the good thing is,
2: is people want to see the movie now to see which one of you is right. Indeed, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, quite, it's quite. We it do this every week. It's probably Lisa. <laughs> it's,
3: no, I don't know. It's don't such know. a
2: labyrinth plot of the movie. Oh my god,
3: <laughs> it was just, it was just so long, and I was, I was so happy when it ended. That was another one. See, I've seen two in the last while. Mm. Well, I've seen many more than that in the last while, but. Two in the last while where I've gone, when it gets to the end of the movie, I was just like, oh, finally. Yeah, I saw a number you know? of clips
2: from the movie and it just didn't look very eventful.
3: No, it wasn't. It mm. wasn't very eventful. It had, it had a, like, there's a good story there. Like it's based around World War II There's Nazis There's like pretty girls There's there's children Just you mystery. Know, There's mystery There's mystery There's an angry woman Which is the mom from Shaun of the Dead
4: Yeah there's the romance Between the romance a pig farmer And a and literary a agent Literary
3: <laughs> agent How should we say Dame Dame yes. Yeah I yeah. would say that But then she says she. Oh I can't ruin it oh, Maybe people will see it I don't know but uh, she's actually engaged just before she goes off to Guernsey to meet the Potato Peel Pie Society people, um, and literary, sorry, literary society mm. people, and then uh, and then she falls in love with a pig farmer who uh, he just I just don't see the chemistry between them at all. I was waiting for the chemistry. I was watching it going any moment now we're going to get a spark and then nada. nada but, but was her
2: fiancé right for her? No, yeah. no, he wasn't. It's telegraphed very, very, <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So is this a Sunday afternoon movie with needles? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
4: Yeah, absolutely. If the Avengers Infinity War is a shot of adrenaline, then this is just a, a warm cocoa and a blanket <laughs> put over you. But saying that I liked it for that kind of reason. <laughs> I, there is a lot of films. That, I mean, I think a lot of, um, you know, distributors and uh, production companies, they've realized over the years that, I mean, the the teenage young market, is a very lucrative market for films, but there's also the other people who have time to go to the movies and have uh, expendable money. Mm. Some of them are sort of the older crowd, the old age pension there. So every couple of months, we get a film like this, or like the... The best exotic marigold hotel, mm. or even like the, or leisure, the leisure seeker. The leisure seeker, and there was a film um, last year as well about um, the these British guys making propaganda films during oh, World yeah. War Two. It reminded me a lot of that. I yeah. can't remember. I can't remember. It's sort of like uh, it, it's kind of a little twee, a little kind of nice. You know, there there is a, a you know the elements of World War Two with the Nazi occupation, but it never fully gets into the real darkness of it and that. Yeah. But I kind of liked it in, in that kind of way. I, it kind of <laughs> won me over. I, I think she's a really good lead. She is. I think the, is. the camera loves she's, her. She, it does.
2: Yeah. For sure. I think yeah. I get where you're coming from, Karen. Like, there is something drawing about kind of 1940s, early 50s yeah. England.
3: Because it's, it's lush. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 That, but that's the thing with the English is like that they, well, I don't know who directed it, whether they're English or not, but when it's an English run movie set in that era they do it so well
4: yeah it, it there is it's done by mike newell who did oh yeah, it was uh, mike newell. Yeah, yeah he's done I, I just was looking over his, his film resume before i came here and it's amazing he's yeah. done like four weddings in the funeral he did that tin cup film uh he did one of the harry potters wow. the goblet of fire like so he's a quite prolific and you know eclectic yeah. director i thought it was kind of nice because. What, what it would, does because you get the Nazi occupation of the Channel Islands, which I didn't know anything about and never Me even either. thought. So it gets to do almost like a hypothetical is what, hap, you know, if the Nazis were to invade Somerset or Devon, what would that be like? So it kind yeah. of indulges in that stiff upper lip Britishness that, you know, our little book club will get through the war by mm. kind of bandying together and helping people out. So it, it's, I, it, I think it's more for a British audience. Mm. In, in that regard but it's, it's, it's fine it's amenable serviceable I kind of liked it sounds about out right out of five I'm going to give it a five just no I'll give yeah. it a, <laughs> I'll give it the three out of five
3: okay. <laughs> I'll give it a two and a half
4: yeah it won, it won me over by the end
3: <laughs> that's the,
2: the real romantic in you, isn't
4: it yeah I think I was a little fatigued after the Avengers <laughs> I was like <laughs> just put
2: me to sleep yeah. now please okay let's take a look now what is making the headlines in the movie world Well, delighted with this piece of news that came across the desk during the week. Lawson found one best foreign film at the Arizona International Film Festival. Irish writer and director Liam O'Mochone's third feature film won at the 27th Arizona International Film Festival. It got its sold out world premiere at the 2017 Goalie Film Fla was at the Dingle Film Festival. Donald Clark in the Irish Times called it one of the best films from this year's Fla. And uh, for those who don't know, it's a feature film with seven interconnection stories set in and around lost and found office of an Irish train station, filmed over five years and completed in May of 2017. So great success there for Liam and the crew. Yeah, it's, I, wish
3: I, I wish I'd seen it because it sounds great.
4: Yeah. Mm. To me, it seems like Irish films almost need to go abroad, get celebrated yeah. and then come back Absolutely, here. So do yeah. Irish actors. And Irish actors mm. <laughs> is Sad but true as well. And we, we have a thriving film industry. And authors.
3: It's yeah. players. It's it. everybody. <laughs> yeah.
2: When everyone else lauds them, then we welcome them with open arms.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's almost uh, we need like external uh, validation. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh actually it was good. We 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 can bring them we
2: can bring them on the late, late show now without without sweating. <laughs> but it's part of our nature. If someone says you did a great job on oh, no, us, <laughs> stop, st- stop, 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 <laughs> stop.
3: <laughs> We're far too
2: modest. <laughs> And uh, finally, the Irish Film Board. Well, I'll be speaking to the CEO of the IFB shortly, but they are set to receive 200 million euro over 10 years from the Irish government to invest in the country's film and screen content industry. And they will be known as Screen Ireland from June of this year the name change reflects a new wider remit for the ifb to encompass film animation tv drama and further screen content the move marks a big increase for funding for the ifb which received around 10 million from the government last year here's an interesting fact actually so the irish film board currently are getting uh, i think it's around 14 to 16 million euro per year the orchestras, the two orchestras that RTE have, get the same, if not more, Stop per year. It. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh my god!
2: RTE's TV drama budget is around twenty million, <gasps> and that includes Fierce City. It's interesting because I think, like RTE's budget in all, would be over two hundred million per year. But when you look at it that way, yeah. and you see the Film Board has the same amount of money that two orchestras have, or what, or to commit to television drama. It's oh, interesting.
3: It's very interesting. It is
2: interesting. I, I'm holding holding my tongue here. Yeah, you're because, getting redder by the second. <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: because I, there's a there's a show on BBC television called W1A, which is the address oh, yeah. of the BBC. And it's a kind of a, a party and a satire of the BBC's kind of PR people trying to put out fires, you know, because the BBC's constantly being brought up for they're saying the wrong thing or people do. Yeah. And they have a whole plot about... They decided to take the money out of the orchestras. And then the moment they do it, Jules Holland says, well, if you're going to take money from the orchestra, where I'm not going to be on television. And then suddenly everybody gets behind the orchestras again. And uh, it, it does seem quite a lot of money. I put it this way. I'm I would miss done. the
2: orchestras, but I've, I've never been at an RT Symphony Orchestra performance. Hmm. But I've seen a lot of Irish films.
3: Indeed.
4: I mean, they're used a lot, I guess, for score and documentaries. and Well, I'm, I'm thinking probably maybe more the, of the BBC... That it's you know it's not just these, uh, you know performances in the Royal Albert Hall. They're like brought in to score Planet Earth and and, and things like mm. that. I don't know. I presume RT must use them. Just the theme for the, winning streak. The, the,
3: the, the myriad of wildlife programs <laughs> they know. The DJ
2: with Jenny Green, don't they? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're
3: getting so much money. Yeah,
2: but no, we're not anti orchestra. No, at we're all. not.
3: We love the orchestra. Fair yeah. play to the orchestra. We that's just
2: everyone. We want everyone to have more money, including we ourselves. We
3: do. <laughs> Maybe they're seriously <laughs> underfunded. Maybe they're all seriously yeah, underfunded.
2: Yeah. I was over in Cambridge last week doing a a film shoot uh, where there was a six piece orchestra and um, like they're geniuses when you see what they can mm, do, what they can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is an interesting thing I came across the week as well, where cinemas are showing events which are being broadcast live on Irish television by the public service broadcaster, but they're charging people. And they're charging tickets of up to 15 euro for people to go in and sit in the cinema and watch it. Which, my understanding is, you cannot do that unless you contact RT and say, We're doing this. Can we have permission? And how much do we have to pay you for doing so? It has to be an open, free event.
3: And you cannot charge the public.
2: No. Hope that they buy lots of popcorn and stuff. Yeah. And you make that your money it. on that. But if, you know, even if you're showing Ireland v Italy and, you know, th- the World Cup qualifiers. If it's available to watch on RT or TV3 or whoever, mm. you can't charge people to come in and pay to sit in the cinema seat to watch it unless you get permission from the broadcaster and therefore you have to pay them a fee.
3: Interesting. I wonder who did that.
2: It's <laughs> good for people to be aware of those things anyways. Yeah. If Don't
3: get scammed. Stay at home.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bond with your family. Exactly.
3: Yeah. It brings us all together.
2: Okay, next up we're going to have a quick chat about the Irish TV drama Can't cope, won't cope.
1: Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry. Just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie
2: Kieran, we were having a little debate last (laughs) week and uh, I was defending can't cope, won't cope. I loved season one. Season two has kicked off now on RT television and I forced you to sit down and watch it and I'm afraid I will find it hard to defend this week having watched season two what did you make of it I I, I feel bad
4: especially if you know somebody likes the show and you feel like I don't want to put the boot in but I, I I just don't like it I don't find it funny I don't find the characters likeable it can be funny when there's some good moments but overall I don't know if it's a comedy. I don't know if it's a drama. The comedy isn't strong enough. No. The drama isn't interesting enough. Our main character, she, she's brilliant. She's a great actress. I think she'll go really, really far. But she's let down badly by this material. And her character is so self-interested that she's kind of horrible to watch on screen. And the way she treats other people around her, just nobody would put up with it. And then there's moments she's so stupid you're like, how how have you survived like uh, uh, to, to this point? Like in episode one, our very our, uh, of the second season. Sorry, I'm, I'm going on a rant. In The episode one of the second season. Go, go, our,
2: Karen, Go. Our,
4: our introduction to her is she's looking after her her little her little brother because mm. her mum is a little kid and she's in a, a crash waiting for someone to pick him up and she can't handle him and she's the child is crying and she sees all the other mothers feeding the child so she's like okay, I'm going to breastfeed the child. So she's just about to take her own breast out when somebody interrupts her. Her And you're like, hang on, you're you're a 26-year-old woman. You think this was an okay thing to do? It's like... It's like she's she's got the the brain of a three year old
2: at times and and they were everyone kept passing the baby around be, and the nappy wasn't changed that's the joke that was the joke but the child that's is not a funny likely. well no it's not funny but they were tr- trying that it would be just an ongoing joke throughout it but I, yeah. at the end of the episode my wife said to me oh that was good and I said no it wasn't I didn't <laughs> laugh once yeah. I didn't smile once it's supposed to be. An Irish comedy. And I thought all the elements that worked so well in season one, where you had the quirky people working in the office, you had that chemistry happening between uh, the two best friends. Now, one is in Canada, one is in Ireland. That chemistry doesn't exist. There's just so many cool, quirky little elements in season one. It's gone completely in season two. And even the way they introduced the taxi driver, who was like a secondary character in it, it's like we were all supposed to suddenly feel nostalgic, I thought, or something, because, hey, the taxi driver's back because he was in some of the key scenes between the two best friends. But I don't know, it just didn't land for me.
4: Yeah, I mean, I thought that the character in, in the credit union was quite funny who's got the post-it note mm.
2: for each account. I thought I that... Know it, it takes a few episodes to kick off a new season again. That's fair enough.
4: Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of the drama hinges on the fact that her and her best friend are separated. But, you know, one's in Canada and one's in Dublin. But it, it's not enough to drive momentum forward because it's just her waiting to hear from her friend on her phone and she's sending her messages, she's not getting back to her. I think the stuff in Canada is terrible. It's just so badly, it's badly acted and it's badly written and I don't know, had they, you know, had they not enough money when they were on location in Canada? Maybe it was all going in the orchestra. We're we're, we're lording it up. And I do want (laughs) to like it. I mean, and, and Irish comedy and TV has been pretty bad for... For a long time, but in the last few years, obviously young offenders mm. and stuff has it, shown you yeah that we can do it, and it can be done so can't cope won't cope just i just not doing it for me at all. I'll keep watching it. Mm. I hope it gets better. Mm.
3: I'm not going to bother watching it
4: now. No, you have
2: to.
3: No, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. You have to support
2: <laughs> Irish film and television. But you like the first season. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed season one. I was so disappointed with season two. But having said that, I, there has been times where I've watched a new season of a show and the first one or two episodes just doesn't do it for me. So like mm-hmm. yourself, Karen, i I'll just Ply through it. plow through it and, and hopefully it picks up. Noble, very noble. Anyways, thanks a million Lisa (laughs) and Karen for joining us in our GK Media recording studios here in Galway City. Now, our special guest in this week's episode is CEO of the Irish Film Board, James Hickey, who I sat down with earlier in the week in their office in Galway to talk about the current state and future plans for the Irish film and television industry.
1: Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie
2: now i'm delighted to be joined by the ceo of the irish film board james hickey james thanks for joining us on just like
0: in the movies it's a pleasure to be uh, speaking with you and the people you're speaking to
2: the irish film board was set up in galway by Lelia Doolin. And they, of course, have an office in Dublin. We're here in Galway this afternoon, a nice sunny day looking out over Galway Harbour. And it's amazing just going through the catalogue released at the start of the year as to what the film board's plans are for 2018. Number of features, documentaries, animation. I suppose the first thing that comes off the page is the diversity that's involved in the amount of projects you fund and support throughout the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, from our point of view, what we're here to do is to support Irish creative filmmaking talent working on screen to tell their stories. And what we want to do is support uh, those creative talents, writers, screenwriters, screen directors, creative producers, making films, making stories uh, which they want to tell. So as far as we're concerned, we want to give the widest breath possible to uh, the kind of work that Irish filmmakers want to make and it's for us to support that creativity to support that talent and to enable them to give effect to their vision on screen.
2: Has the vision changed of an Irish filmmaker over the last 10
0: years? Well, I think the filmmakers themselves are the ones who've made a change because they're the ones who are telling new stories, different stories. Uh, I think it's really exciting that the variety of stories we're now telling is much different from those which we might have been telling 10, 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, the Irish Film Board in its present form started in the early 1990s and was, uh, as you say, started by Leila Doolan in Galway. Uh, and we're always very conscious of the importance of Galway as part of the uh, part of the way in which the Irish Film Board operates. For us, though, what's most important is that we're supporting Irish creative talent across the country. It's a national organisation and we want to see filmmakers from all parts of Ireland uh, making stories, telling their stories in the, in the best way possible. I mean, as we were going through the catalogue there, we were looking at projects which are coming down the tracks, um, which were shot in places ranging from Cork to Galway to Roscommon and to Dublin Wicklow and to Wexford as well, too. So as far as we're concerned, production activity takes place all around the country, supporting creative talent working throughout the country.
2: Years ago, I suppose, Ireland was put on the map by movies like Braveheart, Saving Private Ryan, and I suppose most recently as well, the new Star Wars saga. Certainly, it really pumped and injected funds back into the Irish film industry, but is it as important now as it was, we will say, in the mid-90s?
0: Well, I mean, what I would say is that not only were those projects brought to Ireland and were very successful in terms of both uh, generating creative activity and work in Ireland, but we've also had um, very considerable success with uh, Irish stories being told as well, too, like, for example, Brooklyn, uh, which was an enormous success both in Ireland and internationally. Another example of an Irish story, not a very obvious one, but an interesting example, particularly because of its success, is Room, which was based on a novel written by Emma Donoghue. Directed by Lenny Abrahamson. These are examples of the kind of uh, projects where Irish storytellers tell their story on screen. And for us, these have been an enormous success. We've also the great success of Irish feature film animators, particularly Cartoon Saloon recently, who uh, in 2018 must have created some kind of record by being nominated yet again for a third time in relation to a animated feature film in the Best Animation Feature Film category of the Academy Awards. So that kind of creative talent, Irish storytelling on a world stage is great to see, as well as the inward production activity that comes into Ireland. The likes of um, you know Braveheart and Saving Private Ryan in the 1990s, up to now where we have wonderful projects which came in like Star Wars and Night Flyers, which is a big TV series shooting in Limerick.
2: There might be people listening to us saying, I'm very creative and I wrote this amazing script and I sent it in and I was full sure I was going to get funding and it never came through for me. Like, what would you say to those people who um, just feel like a door is constantly being shut on them?
0: We try and support as many people as possible. In fact, our challenge is to try and make sure that the money we have and in terms of what we have, we used to have a great deal more before the financial crisis occurred. We're looking forward now with the government support to getting back to where we were in 2008, but there's still a way to go. And meanwhile, we try and support as many filmmakers as we can, but obviously it's not possible to support everybody. And one of the exciting things about the most recent developments is there are lots more people going out there making films, films being made through crowdfunding arrangements, filmings being made just simply because the technology now enables people to make films and tell stories, which is really exciting. And we have different types of funding to enable us to support that. We have completion funding, for example, so that if you do make a film just simply based on your own efforts and however you do it we will come in at the end you know if the film is a work of uh, which we believe has a theatrical cinema release opportunity we will come in and support that as well too so that's the kind of thing that we do in addition to uh, supporting films at the developmental stage so we provide development funding to companies so that companies can develop screenwriters uh, and uh, work with directors casting agents set up films And then we provide the film with production funding in order to enable the film to go into production and to uh, be delivered and then put out to irish audiences uh, through cinema distribution and other forms of distribution including online distribution and then internationally as well
2: you fund about 12 to 15 feature films a year and it's possibly 20 plus films that you actually help with completion funding and getting in distribution deals What do you think, though, is the missing link or is there missing link? Is there some area that we really need to improve on?
0: An area which does need further development and strengthening would be TV drama. We do need to see more indigenous TV drama. And uh, I think the broadcasters here, particularly the public service broadcasters, would acknowledge themselves that the restrictions and constraints on their funding have prevented them from putting more money into TV drama. But we strongly believe that there is a, a real need there for more TV drama production so that we can enable people to tell stories in a way which TV drama facilitates, as well as enabling them to tell stories through feature film production.
2: So if someone out there has what they consider the most amazing TV drama that they've come up with, should they be approaching then the public service broadcasters or should they come to the film board?
0: Well, we currently have supports for the development of (coughs) high end TV drama. And that's something which is, from our point of view, is very important to enable. Irish TV drama storytellers to tell their stories and hopefully these projects will, or a number of them will go forward and be made into uh, TV drama. For us, as yet, due to the, you know, we our constraints on funding up to recently have prevented us from putting in funding into TV drama production. And we did feel that the um, the broadcasters had an area of responsibility and obligation there in relation to doing that. We're hopeful now that with with increased funding to ourselves and with the the public service broadcasters in particular recognizing the importance of TV drama, that we will all be able to work together to achieve a greater level of activity in that sector.
2: There was certainly a period a few years ago where people were encouraged to go and seek funding outside of Ireland. People were encouraged to maybe go to Germany. There was tax incentives from Hungary. Uh, you know, every year there was always a different trend, a different opportunity from a different country. Is that still important in today's industry?
0: Absolutely. I mean, for us, co-production works both ways. Co-production from our point of view, particularly with our European partners and particularly with uh, the UK, and also we have a very strong relationship with, with Canada in particular. Those relationships are really important because they help us to fund production activity in a way which if they were solely dependent on Irish Film Board funding we'd be making far fewer films than we we do in fact make so it is important for us that our creative producers go out there and work with co-producers in other countries right across Europe into North America as well And for us, that is a huge part of the way in which we're able to maximise the value of our money by bringing other money to the table. We involve ourselves where Irish co-producers are able to promote their works through getting funding from other co-production territories. Equally, other co-production territories come to us. Uh, with projects which they will use Irish creative talent to work on as well too. And it's these cooperations that grow and develop and strengthen Irish screenwriters, directors, creative producers and all the other cast and crew working on a film. Their opportunities are created by both co-productions which originate here, uh, which we support very much, and also co-productions which come from elsewhere and which come to Ireland to avail of Irish creative talent working on them as well.
2: You mentioned that funding wasn't as strong currently as it was back in 2008 from the Irish government. How is the turnover for Irish films and documentaries at the moment? Obviously, not all of them are going to make their money back. It's the same in the studio system across the Atlantic. But how are they scaling up? Are Irish people supporting Irish cinema?
0: Yes. Oh, I mean, for, for us, we work consistently with Irish cinema distributors to make sure that Irish films get into Irish cinemas. Irish IFB-funded films get into Irish cinemas. This is an ongoing both opportunity and challenge. Uh, obviously, the competition in, at cinemas these days is even greater than it used to be in the past. So the work has to be as strong as possible. But we've had recent successes even in the last few months in relation to films which go out into the public. Michael Inside, for example, which is a very, very strong Irish story 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 being told, uh, which we were very excited about, directed by Frank Berry, this is something which we feel is something which is really strong as an example of Irish people seeing their stories told in cinema screens
2: but in terms of turnover are are most of them making their money back
0: uh, film by its nature is is in terms of financing is supremely complex because you have various people feeding into funding it uh, you mentioned the co-productions earlier so everybody is contributing to the costs so how films succeed or don't succeed some films succeed some don't we would stand by all the films we support uh, because some of them are made because they are great works of filmmaking some of them are made because they might be more likely to be successful at the box office it's a mix and the important thing is to give voice to a broad range of voices across filmmaking, so that some voices may uh, appeal only to certain types of audiences, other voices may appeal to wider audiences. We've got to give voice to as wide a variety of those stories as possible, and as long as we're doing that, that's the important thing uh, for us, supporting those voices.
2: We recently had a guest on the show who has won IFTAs, won in Sundance, has been making documentaries for quite a few years now, but isn't making a living solely making documentaries, has to do a lot of commercial video production work to pay the bills and and keep a roof over their head. Is that the majority of people out there? Is it really only a handful of people who are able to make it a full-time living working in the film industry?
0: Well, uh, feature documentaries is a particular challenge. I mean, we support in or about 10 or 12 feature documentaries a year we're very proud of the one of all the feature documentaries we support because they are the work of very very committed filmmakers but feature documentaries is not an area where the returns in terms of actual financial reward are particularly large in scale and it would be the experience that you know some people at least working in feature documentaries have to work in other areas of activity as well too the challenge to being a filmmaker in ireland in the 21st century is still the need to be able to be uh, diverse in terms of what one does and be able to try and do a number of different things in order to succeed. We would like to support as many people as possible and we want to see the development of, you know, sustainable employment. But I think there's, you know, that's something which we hope to see going forward, but is something which in the current environment where uh, we're still growing the sector is something which uh, we want to develop and promote and need to do.
2: Can you talk to me about equality because you made a very strong and important statement there last year.
0: Equality to us is really important, equality and diversity. And uh, we have undertaken a number of initiatives in relation to particularly gender equality, which is very important to us. These include additional funding for films which are creatively led by uh, female writers and female directors. This is a special scheme we've also introduced called POV, which is to support production at a particular level for films which are feature films which are uh, written by Irish writers and directed by Irish female directors. And for us, those are the kind of things that we want to do to support the development of, in that case, gender equality. We also want to work as much as possible in supporting diversity of voices uh, being involved in production activity and that to us is something we've done through a number of films which we support in the recent past which range from stories involving disability uh, including physical and mental disability and also different types of diversity other voices uh, voices from the traveling community voices from other communities these are all the kind of voices we want to give the opportunity to tell their story to because that for us is really important
2: Finally James, I'm sure if I ask you is it an exciting time for Irish film you'll say yes but is there any particular films or documentaries out there or even some animation work that we should be getting really excited about?
0: I can only say that there's a huge and wonderful amount of films coming down the tracks for us. I would be giving you our production catalogue for 2018 because the exciting thing about that catalogue is most of the films haven't yet been finished. And it's in that catalogue that you'll see the most exciting new work coming down the tracks. I've been, over the last few weeks, and it's a great joy from my point of view, I've been going to the screenings of films which are in almost being completed. And for us, there is a really exciting and wonderful set of uh, films coming down the tracks for Irish audiences over the next three, six, nine months
2: We look forward to it James Hickey thank you very much Thanks very
0: much
1: Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than €100 per week Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie
2: well, thanks very much for listening to Just Like In The Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie. If you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email to movies at gkmedia.ie. And please do as well, make some comments on social media, <gasps> give us a review, give us a few stars, retweet, whatever. We're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, and hopefully soon enough we'll be on Spotify. Karen and Lisa, thanks again for coming into to us. Thank thanks, you. Gary. Thank you, Gary. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.